Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Knowing how badly my mum was let down, not just a catalogue of errors, but huge human right failings, breaks my heart. It breaks my brother's heart and my uncle's heart, and that has a knock-on effect, because I see one of them suffering, knowing that how my mum was neglected and led to believe that she was going to receive help is just unforgivable. Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst and the Intelligence Cell. This week, I'm rejoined by Maria Stubbings' family, Manuel, Bengi, and Celia. As always, listener discretion is advised. These are very real and authentic conversations in the aftermath of a murder, so please take care. So without further ado, let's jump back into the conversation where we left off. Everything we're talking about, and I don't know whether you're aware of this, but there were nine internal reports written in Essex saying, in Essex Police, I should clarify, saying that domestic abuse call-outs had trebled, and yet the units were not being resourced to match that demand. Nine reports after Maria's murder saying that there needed to be more training, that there needed to be more staffed. And yet a number of senior officers took the decision time and time again not to change things, not to resource the units, not to train the staff. And that's why we had murder after murder after murder and multiple families who have experienced what you have and trying to get to the truth. And that's why I do what I do, because if we don't talk about it, external to your experience, how do people actually who want to change, who want to get better, how do they actually improve? And what I will say, there are hundreds of thousands of people who listen to crime analysts and they want to get better at what they do and they use this as part of their training. So I know that this conversation will have a significant impact on people who do want to change. And there are many of them within the organisations that we've talked about, but there are those who don't. And for those who don't, there has to be some form of accountability that when there's failure time and time again, and the same names keep coming up of failure points, they then have to be appropriately dealt with. So we don't get to the Wayne Cousins situation. So we don't get to the David Carrick situation. And people might think they're extremities. These are extreme cases, but they're not. It's just these are the ones that the public are aware of. If the system runs on all these statistics, why was that not matched with the resources? If domestic abuse has gone up, why were they denied extra resources? Is there no one in charge of that 
I don't understand. I think that's a question of accountability, though, isn't it? And I think that's a question of, you know, having your own measurement. If you are given nine reports that clearly state that there is a trend that requires attention and you ignore it, then you're doing the opposite of what you should be doing. You shouldn't be running a police force. In fact, you're not fit for purpose. In fact, you should be fired. So that kind Absolutely. of thing in a civil job, you wouldn't need nine reports you know, for you to do a job, you know, I've run companies before. If I had one report and it wasn't followed through and it was not about performance in terms of financial, but in terms of people's lives and policing well, covers all people's lives, whether it's criminal damage, whatever, to ignore one report is a, is a crime in its own right. Nine, mm-hmm. I'm afraid you should be fired four times over. So the accountability, and is it a club for the boys? Because if it is... It's a rotten club and it won't last because it will cave in on itself. You talked about two cases where the very people that are supposed to be defending the victims, women, vulnerable people, actually were perpetrators themselves within the forces. How is that possible? I tell you how that's possible. Because if you are a police officer and you are that way inclined and you know how impotent the system is, then you probably think, well, I can do this. I'm A, I'm a police officer. B, I know how the system works and it fails anyway. So I can just milk it. And that is a breeding ground for more of Mm -hmm. that fungus because nobody wants to clean it. Imagine if there was someone at the top that said, you know what? We are going to be accountable. We're going to make this police force. I'm going to make Essex the county the criminals don't want to come into for perpetrators. doesn't matter how hard we fight. You are wearing a uniform. You're wearing a badge. You took an oath to protect the people. Exactly. Make a salary for it, whatever it is. There are people starving. You know, have some honour, have some dignity, but it comes from the top down. And if it doesn't, then you create a breeding ground for these people to come in and be perpetrators from within. And then it's just a rot with inside. And until people at the top take that accountability and until my final message is I hated battling with the police, but that's what it was. When we started out, we wanted it to be a partnership. When we first met the police, we didn't throw any abuse at the police or any accusations. We sat there and we had to listen to horror stories. We then were told bare amount of information and on Christmas Eve we had to read the front page of the local Essex Chronicle or Chelmsford Chronicle can't remember and actually learn details of how my sister their mother died they wouldn't tell us yeah they wouldn't tell us how she died and I said I don't understand why you won't tell me I'm the daughter of Maria Stubbings and the next thing you know my brother at the age of 15 has to hand me the newspaper on Christmas Eve and it's on the front cover saying how she died and that was the family liaison officers that were supposed to tell us I mean if it's not clear for people and it was clear for the jury that's why I asked the solicitor recently to bring up to highlight the findings because I was so heartened as we were told we wouldn't we would be an anti-climax I was so heartened by everyday people's ability to see through the malaise and and the apathy and the deflection to see the truth but as Mino says, you know, if people in the system, nine reports are ignored, not just one or two, but nine, and these are women's lives, and everyday people can see beyond this, what can I say, to deny us the truth and have us find out how our mother was taken and my brother at 15. I mean, how much trauma do you want to give someone? 
I it's think it's just unprecedented. It is, and, and and I think that my advice to people that might be listening to your podcast, which I think is really useful. I apologise for all the good policemen out there because I know there are very good police officers out there and trying to do a good job and they may be battling internal inertia or a systemic mm-hmm. problem or whatever and I don't want them to take the rap for a few bad apples you know um, I think Essex has got a lot to answer for I think it's very clear but the message I would give to any of your listeners to the police look inside yourself and imagine that that's a family member of yours and how would you mm-hmm. want them to be catered for by a so-called police force and force meaning is there a force or is it a dark force because force for good or a force for bad ask that question of yourself before you put your head on your pillow god forbid you will have children and god forbid there'll be people that may go near those children how would you feel ask that question it's a very simple one Mm -hmm. the next thing i would say to your listeners that our society is made up of what we agree to or what we disagree with. If we do not fight, if we do not hold people accountable, then they will never be accountable. If we do not persevere and push, no matter how hard it is, there will be those police officers whose names I don't even want to mention that will be perpetrators from within. We are as accountable as the next person. I think the problem is, when crime comes out, it becomes a soundbite and it's a shock. And we go, oh, wow, that's awful. Did you hear about what happened? And then we go willfully about our duties the very next day because we get so much of that information. But if we stop for a moment and come together, whether it's independently or together, and put pressure on the system, the system will have to change. We did prove that. But remember, we're one family, three people, 12 years of battling we put so much pressure on them given who we are and imagine if everybody did that and even if they did it you know half of what we did it doesn't matter they would be forced into change i'm going to say one final thing to encourage people because the system almost feels like it's designed for you to fail no matter how important your voice is no matter how much virtue and validity there is to whatever you have as a claim The system is built to wear you down and tire you out. Use that as your motivation to do good because we are the sum total. Of what we do. In the end, we're all going to die. We were born dying. So I always look at it and think what's important is what we do in between. Do you, How many people mm-hmm. do you make smile? How many people do you make suffer? You know, for me, it doesn't really matter. I know I'm going to die, so I, I, it's fine. But as far as I'm concerned, I will use my life to put positivity back into someone else's life. And that's what we should Absolutely. do. You're all amazing to have the humility to say those things and to use Maria's what happened to her as a lesson for everybody else and to be able to talk about it and share from the heart. And it's not easy. And I can see the pain. I can see how it resides still with you, with all of you in in different ways. And the fact that you're giving some light to people because there is hope out there. It, It does come at cost though, when you have to keep battling and battling for the truth and for answers, which you have all done 
I mean, I can't tell you how much I respect you all for doing that. I know how hard it is in the system to create real change. But I do want to give heart, having pushed for 26 years for change for a national policing framework to identify serial and dangerous domestic abusers and stalkers. On December the 15th, it was announced that there would be a new national framework. And Maria's case was one of those cases that was instrumental in creating that change. And I do want to share that with you because that is a huge, huge win. And it's taken a long time, but we never gave up. And I'm sure Maria, I'm getting choked up myself, I'm sure that Maria has been part of that in every way of creating that change. And Celia and I, when I messaged Celia to say it's just being announced, she said, my goodness, you know, we know that Maria was killed before the 19th of December and it, it could well be the same day. And what a full circle this has been to have that announcement at a similar time. And for me, that's serendipity and synchronicity. And, and that's for a reason. It's a message being sent and not to get too woo-woo. I, I do believe in that. I do believe the timing was key. Now, what that change means is that police, no matter which police force you are, you have to identify serial and dangerous perpetrators, much as you do burglars and robbers and organized criminals. And that's the change I've been pushing for so that it's proactive. It's not reactive. And the police talk to other police forces because we know perpetrators move around. And there's going to be a new national perpetrator strategy. And these are really key changes. They may not seem like much, but actually that is moving the needle spectacularly in policing terms because the onus is now on them that they have to do it. And there's now national oversight for that to happen. So change is happening. And Maria has been a key part of that change. Celia has, and she's spoken for you, Bengi, you know, at times and given me your perspective when we've been talking about how do we best talk about Maria and what happened and to create change when I talk to police officers. So I, I do want to share that with you because it is a, a huge piece of news that will create real change at the front line. Absolutely, wow. Laura. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that it actually happened because I couldn't believe that it didn't happen. You know, when it, it didn't go through, I was just like, how is that even possible? But you didn't give up. And finally, we got that result. And I'm feeling the ripple effect of it, you know, in the people that I talk to. And the onus has changed and what that's revealing and what that can prevent. I want to tell you about my sponsor, Factor. Factor makes healthy eating easy and health and fitness starts with good food. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I've had the chicken parmesan and the turkey chili and zucchini, and they're delicious and I highly recommend them. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. 
Now they've done the maths and Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash crimeanalyst50 and use code crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. That's code crimeanalyst50 at factormills, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormills.com slash crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. Let's talk makeup for a moment. What's your daily makeup routine? Are you an out of the door with a messy bun, a mascara vibe? Or are you quaff to the max? Or maybe you're somewhere in between like me. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free. Made with clean skin loving ingredients, high performance and trademark formulas and uncompromising standards. Thrive Cosmetics bigger than beauty mission is amazing. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. I love that Thrive Cosmetics supports domestic violence victims, breast cancer survivors, and women who are emerging from homelessness. It's a beauty brand and a philosophy that goes beyond skin deep by empowering women. Did you know the first product they launched were false eyelashes, which was motivated by the fact that cancer patients lose their eyelashes? How amazing is that? I love their new sheer strength lip plumping peptide gloss. It gives you a visibly fuller looking, luscious lips without fillers or uncomfortable stinging sensations. It's also ultra hydrating and there are 10 shades to choose from which enhance your natural lips, six shines and four shimmers. Support and empower women and treat yourself or a loved one. Thrive Cosmetics is a luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash crimeanalyst. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash crimeanalyst for 20% off your first order. Yeah, go, go ahead, Mina. I was just going to say, I think, you know, congratulations to Laura and what you're doing. I'm super proud of Celia and Bengi. I think we underestimate what Bengi went through. He was 15 and Celia and I had the benefit of quite a few more years than him. And he was super brave throughout the whole thing. He paid a massive contribution with everything. In fact, he was certainly one of the driving forces. Celia has been battling and campaigning for such a long time. And I'm proud of her because instead of taking it in an angry vein, she's tried to use it in a healing way even reaching out with the police force themselves to educate them i think that is a massive credit to her mum i'm really grateful to organizations like yourself i also think <laughs> organizations like um refuge and others you know, they're worth their weight in gold because that's exactly what they are. They are a refuge. And when you're fleeing something, whether it's psychological violence or physical violence, you don't know how that's going to escalate. And the best thing you can do is get out of the firing line. I think also, and I hope and pray that what you're doing will resonate with police officers because they're humans and they have feelings too. And I'm sure that, They'd want to go be proud, you know, stand up for what counts. Because if you don't, 
what we will find out in our life is we're talking about one small aspect of life and one entity's policing. If we look around, things either go in one way or another way. And usually what allows them to go one way or another way is people. It's whether we stand for anything. And if you stand for mm-hmm. nothing, you'll fall for everything. If you look at our world at the moment, it's polarised. What we give value to is nonsense. What we should give value to is the very first principle that only has value, which is life. Because everything that hangs off that is just a period of time. And what we do in that period of time is important, whether you're a police officer or someone just raising your voice or helping someone else out you don't even know. That's what we should do. And maybe our world would become a little bit more enjoyable again because I see a beautiful world with beautiful opportunities, but everybody keeps looking at the wrong side and we need to switch, stand for something, drive it, no matter the pain. Sometimes it takes a few to change for everyone, but don't let it down to a few people. Don't, because that's too big a burden. If we all come together, we can make change a lot faster. Mm -hmm. There are far more people who want to create change and who are a force for good than there are those who abuse and create all the negative. So it is about all of us standing up. And I have heard from many police officers, I have to say, who were touched by the episode with Celia and Rachel before her and Zoe, other survivors, who have made the pledge. They will create change in their own police service, that they will stand up, no matter how difficult that is, they will stand up and challenge when things are wrong inside. And there is a culture of fear inside policing, I will say that. You know, and it's unfortunate, again, Sarah Everard was killed. And now that's raised the profile again, that within police, there needs to be a huge cultural change about how we recruit people and about the leadership. And that is really important here. And it's really important, I think, for you as a family to see that and to understand that it is happening and it's happening on a national basis. There is a national conversation. There is a violence against women and girls strategy being put together locally and nationally. I haven't seen that before across my 26 years. The fact there's going to be a national framework for perpetrators as well, it elevates domestic violence and the abusers and just how dangerous they are. So there is real change there. And I do want to reassure you all, I talk about Maria in my training sessions. It's refreshing, Laura, to know that there are other people out there not giving up. And real credit to you must be a big challenge because you've come from within side and you're doing something that I think is hugely courageous. And as you say, 26 years, I don't want to underestimate that. And you deserve all the credit. And I know it's not about you, it's about trying to, but that's an example of what we should do. We need to shine a light on what's wrong. We need to let the truth come out because without that, we will all fail. You know, we're all linked together inexplicably. Inexplicably, We don't understand how we're linked together. But if we allow one perpetrator in a village, one becomes two, it becomes three, it becomes four, it becomes the whole village, then we're in chaos. To the police, I would urge them to do what you said. You know what's right have some pride and courage, be a hero for, you know, forget the Hollywood movies, be a hero. You know, you only can ever be some total of everything that you do. Be the best you can be 
even if you get resistance, fight it. You know it's right. Because if you don't, the very thing that you're trying to stop might end up damaging you or your family or your children. We have to stop something that's wrong because if we don't, it will just grow like a virus. So take courage, be brave, fight, and use your voice and link in with those people like us. We'll fight and back you. I have a lot of respect for people that put their lives on the line. I don't have much respect for people that are cowardly or don't do what they're supposed to do. I really don't, and I, I say that. I wish that wasn't the case. But the victims out there, be brave, fight, find people that are like-minded, and don't give up no matter how bad the system looks. It is overwhelming. If I had started the journey and someone had said to me, this is going to be 12 years and you're going to have your teeth knocked out, I would have said to them, I might give it a miss. I cannot underestimate how many times I was given Mount Everest to climb just after I'd climbed Mount Everest and put my flag at the top and go, done it. Then they put another one in front of me. And all that did is make me more and more and more determined. And I think... I would rather die trying than just give up and let you damage what's right. You know, I'd rather die trying. Like I say, we are only the sum total of what we do, what we think and how we behave. And we're not perfect, no one is. But at least step in the direction of something positive and do something good. And then maybe our world won't be so rotten. Hear, hear. I love what you said there. And, and thank you for your kind words to me. I take heart from all of you. I take heart from every family I work with. That's what keeps me going to create real change. It's what makes me sleep at night, sometimes not sleep at night, but knowing what's right and knowing what needs to change and me playing my part is important. And your message to everybody else, it just takes, you know, a few people, a few good people to stand up. And that's what we're doing, stand up and be counted. And I will say as men, thank you for standing up. Because too often it's women who have to keep standing up and saying this isn't right. And that's why oftentimes it's seen as a women's safety issue rather than actually a male issue and you being leaders. And I just want to thank you for that. Maria isn't here to tell her story, but you're telling the story. You're her brother and you've been so articulate and so eloquent. And I love how close you all are the honesty and the authenticity in your relationship through adversity. It, it's very clear to me that you have had Mount Everest to climb multiple, multiple times, but you are moving absolutely out through the other side to survive something like this and to start to thrive. That takes courage and to hold people's feet to the fire, that takes real courage it's not easy. And I want to thank you for all that you have done as a family and all, and as in individuals and for talking to me as well. It's not easy, but I know my listeners will really appreciate what you've said. There is life afterwards and you are all shining examples of that. And I know, Bengi, you're still processing and anything I can do to support you please reach out to me. You don't even have to respond or react to this comment either. But if I can help in any way, I'd be very happy to. So I just want to let you know that 
you know, I am a safe person. If you wanted to speak about things, you don't have to respond or say anything throughout the podcast. I feel you as a person. And I know your mother would be incredibly proud of you. I know Celia is because we've spoken about it so many times. So I just want to say, keep on going, just keep on going one foot uh, in front of the other. And you're doing great. He's a, a brilliant example of a male. What most men should realize is that they only came into being because of a woman. And they might want to look at that next time they think about bathroom ones. Because it's an irony, isn't it? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mother. And my mother was a fantastic person. And we shouldn't have this battle of the sexes. There is this ridiculous, you know, respect and love everyone. (coughs) And and that's what we should do. And uh, thank you so much for getting to your listeners. I really want to just also give credit to Mino and Bengi having two men by my side on this journey, even though we've had to go it alone and, you know, it's been tough. I've had to lead the way and go quite far into the unknown to really recover from what's happened. Um, Hearing Mino speak and and I want to honour his journey um, of suing the police for non-pecuniary loss. I said to him, you know, you need to be acknowledged for what you did. I don't think you realise what you did. And what that really signifies, what that means, what that signifies to people in the public about the emotional deprivation, the effect that that has on someone, because it's taken, as you can see from Bengi, he's still really processing this. It's 12 years on. It's 12 years. The loss to a human life and the energy and the grief that we have to carry and the work that needs to be done. It's more than a job or a car or anything like that. And hearing Mino speak with such heart and such objectivity and ability to really contextualize things so that people can relate to it. I'm just so proud to be related to both of you. I just, I'm so grateful that I have you by my side because the tragic comedy that we are having to to make peace with, because it is beyond a joke. It really is. And if I didn't have you guys, I don't know what I would do. And I'm so grateful that you're doing the inner work, that you're learning to take responsibility for how you feel and, and stand making a stand for who you are and how you choose to respond to this awful event. And I'm so honestly just not many people talk like that. Not many people stand for what they believe and have that courage. And the fact that we're related, you know, and we have each other, I know mum is so proud. It's an absolute pleasure. And thank you for taking the time and speaking with me. There's lots there to think about. Having just given birth, what women do go through when they give birth, my goodness. And that's a whole other podcast because I'm not going to go there. I can see Bengi. Thank goodness for that. That's a relief. It's incredible what women do go through. And there are plenty of men who are non-abusive and fantastic leaders. But I, I ask them all to stand up and be counted and to work with us rather than be silent. And I think that's the important part, to be activists, to be upstanders, as you all have been. So thank you so much. And I'll, I'll sign off there unless there's any final thoughts, anything that we haven't mentioned that you really want to I do. One final thing. I'll be really quick as well, because I know Celia's probably thinking, Chad, I'll never go. Um, oh, no, no. I, I just wanted to say, Bengi didn't really speak much on this, and I, I get it. I know how he feels. It's difficult for me and, and for Celia you know, to, to talk about this thing. But I've seen him grow. I've seen the pain he's gone through. 
And that's awful. That has been so scary because you don't know from one minute to the next if he's going to be around. But I've seen him turn his life around. I've seen him look after children, you know, want to be involved with kids. Very kind heart. You know, he's the change I would. He's the next generation. I'm like, I'm already out of the door or on my way anyway. World leader. He's a world leader. <laughs> um, like uh, I look at Bengi and I, I think the future is with the younger generation. And if we don't instill those values in them, if we don't uphold what really is important, love, honor, respect, then there's nothing left for this world. Nothing. They need to have that respect. And I respect Bengi because I've seen him. He could be all manner of things but he for me is my sister's son and the same with Celia's you know a daughter I'm proud of both of them and I know you can't really say too much because it chokes him too much but I've been an observer throughout the whole thing as well so it's a learning process because you know these things are not easy to comprehend they can send you crazy yeah well, we've all been helping each other learn how to channel our pain into constructive ways. You know, what's going to work for one, for Bengi's not going to work for me, no. What's going to work for me, no, or, or for me. And and so that we can stay alive as humans because you have to feel the spectrum of emotions. There is no numbing out. And I'm literally, I swear, and I want to say this for the listeners, I'm laughing as much as I've cried. Like I'm at the, t- our family are at the tipping point now. I really feel it. You know, I'm here in Costa Rica. I'm calling the boys to Costa Rica when they're ready. And I'm really so grateful that I've dug deep to feel every emotion and channel it into something good for myself. And that takes great skill and great patience and self-compassion. So if people can give that to themselves and be there for yourself when you're at your worst, don't abandon yourself, be there for yourself when you feel your worst and you will find strength you never even knew possible. If you can't fight for yourself, fight for your children because they are the future. And I don't want to be an adult and look back and go, this world is doubly messed because I didn't bother or it was inconvenient or it was painful. That's what we've got to do. And that's my very last word. We should let this poor woman. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yes, the next generation. I love that we've ended on that point because I see my son as the next generation and and what he goes on to do and the lessons that he learned, so important. And for Bengi to go forward with, it's life in progress, isn't it? We never stop evolving. We never stop learning. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all. I love that you're so supportive of each other. And anything I can do to help going forward, please know that I'm there as a as a friend and somebody who wants to see you all thrive. And thank you so much for your time. So I'm going to sign off thanking you. And I hope I have another conversation with you at some point in the future. Likewise, very proud, very grateful to have met you. Well done. Amazing what you're doing. Okay, so I'm jumping in here before the episode wraps. I want you to know that I recontacted Bengi after this conversation. I wanted to check in on him and see how he was doing. He told me that he was feeling much better, but that he felt upset as he didn't really add anything to the conversation because he felt numb when we spoke before. I gave Bengi the option of talking with me again 
or I said to him that he could send me a couple of points that I could share with you so that you all understood his point of view. But Bengi took the more challenging option. He said he wanted to speak with me again. He said he felt it was something that he needed to do, both for him and also for his mum. That really tells you a lot about who Bengi is and the man that he's become. So here's what he had to say. And just a heads up, there are a few F-bombs, but I'm sure you can forgive him for that. Well, Bengi, I'm really happy that you decided to jump back on and speak to me because when we last spoke, a lot of things came up for you. And I know that you didn't want to just leave it, that you didn't say anything about your mum. So tell me about how you're feeling or your thoughts of where you are right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be invited again. Yeah, last time, I mean, yeah, it caught me off guard a bit. I've done a lot of inner work, but I do dissociate. And yeah, then uh, the feelings of talking about your mum sort of opens up a whole world that you try and keep at bay most times, apart from sort of when you're at therapy and stuff. So yeah, it wobbled me a bit and it brought up a lot of, yeah, you just sort of think about the times when you was with her and a lot of stuff in the space of a minute, you just go into a different sort of planet. So I'm grateful to come back because I was obviously unable to talk after that sort of trauma response. But yeah, no, I'm feeling good, feeling in a much better place now and yeah, happy to talk. I'm really pleased to hear that. And I think the authenticity about what happened, because sometimes things with trauma, it just takes us off guard. Things just happen that we have no control over. And I know my listeners will feel a lot of empathy about that. Many have suffered from domestic abuse and stalking and child abuse. So it does happen. And doing the work, you mentioned doing the work, it's life work, isn't it? It's not just a one-off session. You have to continuously do that work. Yeah, I think for me, it'll be an obviously everlasting journey. It would be nice if it would be a few, a few sort of sessions here and there. But look, it's a deep loss losing your mum at sort of 15, uh, in a sort of taken away from you. And so I'm aware that, I mean, for the rest of my life, it'll be a battle. But yeah, there's still good points and it's still good to live on in her honour. And... I suppose you don't want to let the guy win. I mean, it's not a good way to look at it, but what's done is done. I can't change it. So, I mean, for me, I've got to live the best possible life that I can. And um, yeah, just try and be a positive influence and be around people that are positive. Otherwise, yeah, negative people is not good. But yeah, it's a, yeah, a long journey for sure. I don't know if it's to the question, but I would like to say I'm grateful to be alive because, look, the police are lucky I'm alive, if I'm completely honest with you, because they fucked up and I'm super lucky to be alive or not even worse off because, look, she was dead and down to the toilet. I lived with, lived in the house. So if I open that door and he sees me do that, I either kill him or he kills me or I run away and I could be forever. Um yeah, so the police are lucky that I'm alive. I'm lucky I'm alive and I'm lucky that I'm not worse off than, yeah, what it could have been because it could have been horrendous. I mean, I could be injured. I don't know that anything could have happened. And then to that, I'd say, yeah, obviously scarred from it, but it does get a bit easier. I mean, it's always going to be super hard. You know, like even last week, it's been 12 years and I still had a trauma response. So I'm not going to lie to people and say it's easy. But as I said earlier, like if you've got good people, and just keep trying. You just got to keep trying. You can't give up. 
and live on in honour and do yourself proud and yeah, just keep trying to be the best version of yourself. You're going to have you're going to have dips, but then you just got it's how you bounce back all the time. Um, and then just remember, don't beat yourself up if you do have a little sort of blowout or or a little dip because yeah, it's how you bounce back every time and keep showing up for yourself. I think. Yeah, two important things you said there, Bengi. I think for people to realise that, yes, you could have been killed and you were still in the house. We didn't really talk about that. And he was following you around. But thank goodness you didn't open the door in a way. I mean, that would be your last memory of your mum, you know, of what you saw. And also you don't know what his response would have been. And what we do know is that domestic abuse and child abuse tend to co-occur. I mean, that's something that's in, in the research, so thank goodness. And I, I also think the other part of what you said is really important. Just if you have a setback in a trauma-related situation and where you're healing, then yeah. no, it's just a setback. And you then reset, you readjust, you try and learn from it of when you feel activated or when you're triggered and these things aren't always as severe forever. And it can be shocking and it can surprise you. And you might think you've done the work, but actually it's life work. And I think that's really important. I always say I do the work every day. You know, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? No matter what we've experienced. <laughs> yeah. You know, in terms of your, your day to day, what are some of the things that you do that help with self-care and help you cope and deal with the trauma just on a day-to-day basis? Are there things that you learned in therapy that are helpful, that might help other people? Sure, sure. So for me, which well, one thing that keeps me grounded is a gratitude list. I mean, it doesn't really deal with trauma, but I mean, it keeps me on a negative day. It makes me obviously see things in a good light and realise what I have. Slowing down my breathing, obviously, last time on the call, I, I struggled with that. I think for me... If you've got bad people in your life, you are what you're around. And I'm only just starting to really, that's really starting to sink in now. I'm at my best friend's now and he's teetotal. We played squash today and we're cooking a healthy meal. and We've had juices. Yeah, I think a big thing is you are what you're around. So always keep positive influence in your life. And then, yeah, and talking, like you've got to keep talking because I think as men, we struggle, definitely conditioned when I was young, yeah, we didn't talk about anything or if we did, it would be sort of down the pub and it wouldn't, it's not as healthy. But yeah, just realise that if you've got good people around you that you can have an honest, open conversation, whether that be a therapist, a friend, a family member, like my sister and uncle I can be authentic with, that really helps. So yeah, if you can find people that you can talk to, I think that, that's half of the problem for sure. What are some of the, the good memories that you have of you and your mum together? Oh, good. Thanks for asking. Um, so I remember once we was sort of driving to, I think it was a Sunday, and we was going to go get a, a Sunday lunch. And then uh, I remember we parked in the car park, we had the radio on, and then uh, it was a Gorillaz song come on. We didn't never heard it before. But um, yeah, we. I think it was, uh, what's it called, Clint Eastwood? I am happy. I'm feeling sad. That song. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we just had a little dance in the car, and yeah, no, it made us feel good. So that was a nice memory. I'll always, I'll always cherish that. Okay, I'm jumping back in here again. I really wanted to end this conversation with a memory of Maria. And Maria and Bengi dancing in the car, well, that's one that I rather like. You see, too often, victims are just seen as, well, they're just seen as victims. But they're not. 
Maria was vibrant. She had a family, and her children miss her every single day. Maria was loved and cherished, and I wanted you to hear from those who knew her best. I had planned to highlight all the failures from the inquest report here, but I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to list them in the show notes instead, so you can read them at your leisure. And so I'm going to end here, and I want you to reflect on this really important conversation, which is really relevant right now, particularly in the UK, with all the misogyny and sexism being exposed in the police in the wake of Sarah Everard's murder. So I hope you'll join me back in the intelligence cell next week. And until then, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instinct. Here's my final two cents before the episode wraps. If you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to Crime Analyst or on the website www.crime-analyst.com. It really helps others find me and also helps with the ratings. Crime Analyst is written, produced and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheasley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Raybottom at Syndicate and music by Kilrude. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.